Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the NFL Draft Round 1 is in the books. We're going to get to that coming up. Zach Wilson won number two as expected. Penny Sewell slipped a little bit out of Desert Hills High in St. George. So I thought he might go as high as five, but he slipped to seven and he goes to the Lions. Sorry about that, Penny. That never ends well. Um the Ford family owns the Lions. They're the constant. They're the problem. Ownership matters. Uh, but as a seven pick, he'll uh, he'll go there. He'll make a lot of money and he'll get to play. And then maybe like Kyle Van Noy, he'll get to escape and go somewhere and win. Um, we'll get to the draft coming up. I want to spend a little time on the NBA this morning. Jazz are playing the Suns. We're going to have Joe Ingles for you later in this hour. Um, Jazz are playing the Suns tonight. Uh, last night, uh, the interesting stuff in the NBA, most of the big dogs had it off. Uh, usually they have a lot of big games on Thursday night, but with the draft going on, I think they dialed it down a little bit. But there are some interesting stories in the West, and one is the Denver Nuggets. Don't look now, but they're charging. They have won eight out of nine since Jamal Murray wrecked his knee. And they are eight and one. They've won four in a row. They won again. Um, and they won kind of comfortably. They beat the Toronto Raptors 121 to 111. The Jazz will see the Raptors on Saturday. Tomorrow, the Raptors will be here to face the Jazz as the Jazz go back to back after playing the Suns tonight. So the Nuggets are now a real threat to move to the other side of the bracket. They are still fourth in the West, but they're only a half game behind the Clippers. And they play the Clippers Saturday. So that's a big game. Uh, The Nuggets could get to three. I don't know that the Clippers care. Now that sets up possibly Clippers-Lakers in a 4-5 series. Um, Now maybe the Lakers drop to six. I don't think they're going to, but maybe they will. I don't think they will. So we could have a Lakers-Clippers first round. If the Jazz fall behind the Suns, we'll have to see what happens tonight. Um, If the Suns win tonight, then they're tied with the Jazz and they have the tiebreaker. Uh, suddenly, the, even the division title—not that it matters—is in play, and the Jazz could be the Jazz and the Nuggets could be the two and three seeds, maybe. And the Suns, the Lakers, and the Clippers all go to the other side of the bracket. So there's all kinds of craziness that can still happen with ten games to go. We know who the the top four teams are, but we don't know what order they're going to be in. That is still very much a mystery. Uh, there's now enough separation between the Nuggets and the Lakers that that just there's no way the Lakers are going to catch the Nuggets in in the you know, 10 games or so that are left. The Lakers are uh, five and a half games behind the Nuggets. So Jazz, Suns, Clippers, and Nuggets will have the home court advantage in the first round. Who they'll be playing, no idea. The play-in series can scramble seven and eight, obviously. Seventh place Portland's only a game behind sixth place Dallas. Dallas is only a game behind the fifth place Lakers. So good luck trying to engineer matchups. Get healthy, play well, see what happens. Um, I'm not ruling out the Jazz beating the Suns tonight. I don't think it's going to happen. I wouldn't expect it to happen. But when you can shoot the three as well as the Jazz, you've always got a chance. And they've got a chance. Suns should be the favorite. I haven't seen point spread for it. I'll find it here in the next commercial break or two. Um, you got to figure with no no Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, I expect no Mike Conley. So, boy, <laughs> Jazz are in trouble. But... You shoot the three well, then you win the game. It could happen. You can't rule it out. 
Uh, other things that happened last night in the NBA, in addition to the Nuggets picking up that win and kind of solidifying themselves as a top-four team, the Mavericks did win. They beat the Pistons 115-105. to The shock score of the night was the Bucks falling to the Rockets. Giannis Antetokounmpo sprained his ankle in the first minute of the game. And Kevin Porter Jr. went for 50 points for the Rockets. The Rockets win 143-136. So we can talk about Giannis being gone, but Milwaukee, you got to defend better. You can't give the Rockets 143 points. I mean, 143, I think most teams aren't trying once they give up 120. 143, that's outrageous. What That is outrageous. And I know you miss Giannis, and he's a really good player, but you score 136 points, you ought to be able to win. You ought to be able to defend the Rockets well enough to win with 136 points. And they couldn't do it. So, Jeru Holiday's 29 points and 10 assists. Wasted. Uh, also, the Minnesota Timberwolves definitely playing better here at the end of the year. They're eliminated. They're not going anywhere. But they beat the Warriors 126 to 114. So, Steph Curry went for 37 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. He had a monster game, and it just didn't matter. It just didn't matter. <laughs> just I don't want to go all Bill Murray and uh, meatballs on you, but it just doesn't matter. He was six of seventeen for three, so not one of his better shooting nights. Um, you know, a little little more on the volume side there, but yeah, thirty seven points on twenty seven shots. He got to the line. That's what he did. He was nine for nine, but it's not enough. The Warriors unable to defend the Wolves. And they lose 126 to 114. Ricky Rubio shot it well. Hit five three-pointers, scored 26 points. He had a night. So there's a night in the NBA. That's what's going on. And now tonight, it's a big game with the Jazz and the Suns. And you can go all through all the, uh, you know, who's in and who's out and who's got momentum and who doesn't. And can the Jazz – I think they've been defending well this whole stretch. I think, you know – they, the turnovers and the rebound, offensive rebounds were outrageous Saturday in the loss to Minnesota. Um, but at the end of the day, the defense, the, just the pure defense was really good. When you're giving up that many turnovers and that many points off turnovers, and when you're giving up that many offensive rebounds and that many points off offensive rebounds to hold the Timberwolves to 101 points, you were defending pretty well. And... They held the the Wolves to 105, but lost uh, when they gave up the the you know botched uh, botched the uh, switch assignment there in the last couple minutes, and Rudy came out and you know swore at himself. They only gave up 105 points in a blowout to the Kings, so it's been a long time. Um, I guess that uh, first Laker game, 127-115, and that was still an overtime game. So I think the Jazz have been defending well here over the last half dozen games. Defend well, you hit the three. You probably shouldn't win, but you never know. Well, I'm just going to leave it there. You never know. And then back-to-back with Toronto on Saturday. And uh, also, uh, if you're looking for uh, some NBA tonight, and I know some of you will be into the draft, and we'll get into that in just a second, um, but uh, ESPN's got a doubleheader tonight, and the second game is uh, – excuse me, NBA TV does, and the second game is Kings and Lakers. So – you want to check out the Lakers and see what's going on NBA TV tonight. All right, DJ and PK, there you go. There's a little NBA for you. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, NFL Draft. We'll hear from the number two pick in the draft, the former Corner Canyon Charger, the former BYU Cougar, and now the New York Jets savior. Hopefully, possibly, maybe, after a very, very bad decade for the Jets. Uh, we'll hear from Zach Wilson coming up and a few other observations on the, the top of the draft and what happened. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. So... NFL Draft, round one is in the books. And as expected, top three picks are quarterbacks. And number two is Zach Wilson from Corner Canyon to BYU going to the Jets. And then the Jets traded up, got some offensive line help. So they're trying to build a team around him. We'll see what they draft here uh, today and tomorrow in the last couple days of the draft here. And uh, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, But Zach Wilson's going to the Big Apple. No surprise there. No surprise with Trevor Lawrence at the top of the draft. Um, It did start to get uh, interesting with the third pick. The Niners took a quarterback. Everybody thought they would. They took uh, Trey Lance, who, you know, it's it's a gamble. Coming out of North Dakota State, he's playing a lower level of football, but he's looking awesome doing it. Uh, Quarterback's going one, two, three. Last year was three of the top six. This year it's the top three and five of the top 15. So (laughs) everybody's all in on quarterbacks. Now, the surprise was that uh, Alabama, their quarterback, Mac Jones, slipped all the way to 15, and he goes to the Patriots. There was all kinds of speculation about them trading up as high as pick seven to, uh, to get a quarterback. And there were still two quarterbacks on the board. Justin Fields slipped to 11 and went to uh, went to the Chicago Bears, who traded up to get him, gave up two picks this year and two picks next year, including both number ones, to get him. So they're all in on fields. He's their guy. That's um, I mean, giving up this year's number one, when you're getting a number one, that's not so, such a big deal. But giving up next year's number one, look out. Uh, <laughs> look look out. So the Giants uh, trade back and get four draft picks to do it. So kind of a no-brainer for the Giants there. Well, if you want to do it, it's going to be uh, you know an arm and a leg or – Two arms and two legs, or an arm and a leg this year, an arm and a leg next year. I don't know. I can't ride. I can't ride that metaphor all the way to the end. It's too gruesome. It's uh, it's like Monty Python or something in The Men Who Say Knee. Um, so Field slips, but he goes to the Bears, who've been looking for a quarterback forever. And then uh, the Patriots, man, they don't have to trade up. All that speculation out the window. They get Mac Jones, and. Um, you know, Nick Saban is actually tight. He was on a coaching staff a million years ago uh, with Bill Belichick, and so they've got a, a friendship and a relationship. And I assume all of the all the possible inside info was all positive and all went to Belichick. And so he's got his guy. Now we'll see if he has the right guy. Uh, but five of the top 15 picks are quarterbacks. Um, when it went away from quarterbacks, it wasn't too surprising. After, uh, after Lawrence and Wilson and Lance, Kyle Pitts to Atlanta, kind of a no-brainer. He's got huge upside as a tight end, hybrid receiver, you know, Travis Kelsey comparisons, all that stuff they were doing in the draft shows. I think the next pick, Jamar Chase from LSU, you understand it, former LSU quarterback, former LSU receiver. You want to get Burrow and Chase together. But Penny Sewell was on the board, and Cincinnati needs help with the offensive line, and it's it's hard to believe they let a generational offensive lineman just slide, but they did. Now, 
the O-line plays great next year, however they patch it up with free agents or other draft picks, trades, whatever they do. But they went out and got Joe Burrow, and he got hit, and he tore his ACL. Now, if he goes out and gets hit and gets injured again next year, people are going to be second-guessing left and right. You know, and in the vacuum, I'll admit it, it looked like a terrible pick, and I would have taken Sewell. But what other talent do they have their eyes on? What other talent do they think they can get? And will it be good enough? And if the five guys they have protect him, well, then, you know, get Chase. He's already got a relationship, a rapport with a quarterback. His, you know, measurables are awesome and all that. He's a blur. He's a big play guy, yada, yada. Uh, Jalen Waddell from Alabama went next. So, again, going with his former college quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, goes to Miami, and uh, the two of them can pair up, two former Alabama guys with the Dolphins. And then Penny Sewell to, uh, to Oregon. Uh, a couple of interesting facts about the first round. Alabama had six first-round picks. Totally blowing every other school away. Blowing whole conferences away. The Pac-12 had half that. The Pac-12 had three first-round picks drafted. The Big 12 had none. The Big 12 had nobody in the first round. And the Pac-12 had three. Uh, Six for the Big 10, seven for the ACC, and then 12 for the SEC. But of those 12, six for the SEC, Six for Alabama. <laughs> we'll just go ahead and break that out. The SEC is just riding Alabama. We're great. Okay, you're standing on Alabama's shoulders. You're standing in their shadow. Come on. <laughs> you had six. You had 13 teams, uh, and six were picked, right? And then the Big Ten has 14 teams, and seven were drafted. You're, you're pretty much the Big Ten, minus Alabama. Alabama just sits alone, and I guess I guess the big the SEC can take as much credit as they want, but so that's the way it broke down. Twelve SEC picks in the first round, six of them for Alabama, and then you got seven for the ACC, six for the Big Ten, three for the Pac-12, and then there were four players who didn't play Power Five football. Uh, you got Zach Wilson at number two, Trey Lance at number three. Kind of interesting, huh? Quarterbacks, two of the top three, the great equalizer. Uh, Zayvon Collins, a linebacker for Tulsa. Went 16, and Houston's Peyton Turner, defensive end, uh, went 28. So they're they're the exceptions. Uh, the Pac-12 guys at the top of the draft were Sewell from Oregon, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, a guard from USC, went 14, and then the last pick of the first round, Joe Tryon from Washington, the outside linebacker. That was the third Pac-12 guy. So USC, Oregon, and Washington. Not all that surprising. Kyle Whittingham's coming up later this morning. Talk to him. I've already been reading stuff about next year's draft. And they had a list of 10 to 12 guys who they thought from Utah could be drafted next year. Now, you know how many guys you have in any one year? you got to kind of take a rolling average over multiple years because guys can you know go after their junior or stay. And, of course, now with the bonus year, it's even crazier. So one draft can look empty and one can look great. You probably ought to average those drafts out and see where the number is because it can be a little misleading. Um, both numbers, both the zero this year, and then if the number is eight, ten, or twelve, whatever it turns out to be next year. Um, Kyle didn't want to commit to ten or twelve, but he did think the number could get to seven pretty quickly. And then you always have to allow for injuries and guys who are, um, you know, it's hard to predict right now who's going to be a sixth or seventh round pick and who's going to be undrafted. You know, there's some guys who are right on the line, and it could go either way. So we'll have that conversation with Kyle coming up, coming up later this morning in the uh, in the nine o'clock hour. All right, time now to hear from Zach Wilson. He got a lot of FaceTime. Holy cow. You know, the draft shows are coming on at 5.30 or 6, depending on what you're watching. And maybe they were even on earlier than that. Uh, Maybe they're on at 5. 
And so they got all kinds of hype and basically the quote-unquote pregame or pre-draft. And he's, it's basically like this massive NFL red carpet, right? And he's just on camera all the time. I'm just getting a ton of run. But, hey, they want to keep New York interested. It's the biggest TV market. Keep New York interested. The Jets are drafting a quarterback with a number two pick. He's on the other side of the country. And there's no way Jets fans watched him play a little, lot of football. They just didn't. College football isn't that big in that part of the country. And if they are watching, they're watching Notre Dame and they're watching the Big Ten and the SEC. There's just no way they're watching Western football. They're not watching BYU games. They're not watching Pac-12. They're not watching the Mountain West. They're just not watching, uh, you know, this side of the country. All right, it's time now to hear from the man, Zach Wilson, the number two pick in the draft. He's going to be a Jet. He's already got stuff up on the Jet website. He's got to sell the tickets. He's going to get the back page. The tabloids are going to be after him. It's going to be really different. And I know being the BYU quarterback puts you in the spotlight. And so in some regard, you know, it's it's a good thing they had that. But it's still not going to be the same as being in the NFL and being in the Big Apple. So the Jets, nowhere to go but up, coming off a 2-14 and 14 season and only having one winning season in the last 10 years. So here's Zach Wilson, the number two pick in the draft, and the Jets' new quarterback. When did you start thinking that, that the Jets might be the team that was going to take you? Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks back, obviously going through the process, you kind of know where your, uh, you know, projections are and, and what the media is saying, but, you you know, you never truly know until it happens on draft day. You know, this is what I was hoping for. This is what me and my family were praying for, is to be in this situation and go play for the Jets. You know, we're, we're so excited to be here. Zach, this is DJ with the New York Daily News. Um, what makes you ready to take on this challenge of being a franchise quarterback for the New York Jets? Yeah, when I made my decision to come out of college, it was because I felt like mentally, physically, I was ready uh, for the NFL game. I felt like my maturity, uh, you know, my ability to pick up an offense, be able to, you know, connect with the guys around me was was ready to go. And so uh, when I decided to come out, that was the decision I made is, is that I got to be ready to play in the NFL. So, you know, I'm excited to take this full on because, you know, since I was seven years old, we've been working on uh, how to handle how to handle to be an NFL player. Zach, you say that the Jets were the team you wanted to go to. I think that might surprise some people. The team hasn't had a lot of success in recent years. Why was that? Well, you know what? You know, every single team is different each year. There's uh, there's some different circumstances that happen, different different positions, you know, different things that maybe just aren't clicking, you know, but every team um, can, can come back from that stuff. And so, you know, I think what makes something so special is being able to be a part of something uh, and make something special. You know, when a team isn't doing super well, and you can go in there and actually be a key piece into what actually flips that, that organization around. I think that's so special. And so I'm so excited, uh, you know, me along with this new coaching staff as well, to go in there and, and try and do the best that we can to flip this thing around. Zach, do you embrace the challenge of playing in New York? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think I'm, I'm so excited. You know, I haven't been uh, obviously to the East Coast. I'm a West Coast guy, but I'm so excited to be there. I think that was one of the biggest things when I decided to come out is that I'm excited to experience living somewhere else, you know. I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I'm so excited that I get to go and uh, be in New York City. I know there are so many opportunities there and, and some great situations, some great fans, so I can't wait to uh, be able to represent that city. Zach, I, I think it was from maybe a year or so ago, but there was a video clip of you talking about what mm-hmm. offense you felt you might fit best in, and I think you mentioned Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Shanahan, obviously, is still in San Francisco, but the Jets are going to run that same offense this year. Um, what about that scheme do you think is is that perfect fit for you, and, and why do you think you'll be so successful in it? Well, I think it's so similar to BYU, the ability to – 
you know, tons of shifts, motions, a little bit of pro style under center, uh, pushing the ball down the field, play action pass. You know, I think that that West coast style offense that coach the floor and coach Salah are going to bring in is exactly, you know, if I had to write exactly the offense I'd want to play in, it would be right there. You know, I got a taste of it uh, going through this whole, you know, recruitment process, trying to figure out, you know, the things that we like and don't like, but, you know, I, I think the coaching staff is exactly what I needed and, and the scheme is right there. So I can't wait to wait to start learning it. Zach, as you mentioned the coaching staff there on the st- on the stage, you immediately said how you loved this Jets coaching staff. What was it that really had you connect with Coach Sala or Coach LaFleur that you knew that this would be a great fit? Yeah, well, it definitely starts from the top. I think the ownership has the right mindset. Uh, I know Christian and Woody are doing everything they can to to be able to you know put the Jets in the best situation to succeed. And then obviously uh, Joe Douglas is doing an amazing job of bringing in the right hires, and, and he's going to make some other great draft picks tonight. And and then I think with Coach Sala, I think the most important part in head coach is the culture that he brings in, and his energy and passion, and and the ability to bring guys around him. I think is so special. And then you know obviously look at Coach Lafleur and, and his ability to learn from so many great guys, and then he you know is, is arguably arguably one of the most you know, intelligent guys that I've met with through all my zoom meetings and interactions. And, uh, you know, so everything that they bring from every standpoint, you know, I'm so excited to be a part of. Zach, I know you spent your weekends driving, uh, basically 10 hours to continue to practice football. There's a lot of distractions here in New York though. Is there anything you're looking forward to off the field experiencing here in New York city? Yeah, well, there's a lot of good restaurants. That's one of my favorite things to do is go out to the city and and uh, check out what good food they got to eat. And so, you know, I'm excited to get down there. You know, hopefully, you know, COVID will pass by in a little bit and, and we'll be able to get to the city and, and try out some of the good restaurants. And uh, I'm just excited to experience, you know, the great parts of New York. Zach, as people, as, Zach, as people have dissected your game over the last four months, I think one of the big questions is what was the biggest difference for you from 19 to 20 when, when your stats really jumped in 2020? So just how would you answer that question? Well, you know what's so crazy? If you look at the best quarterbacks, everyone just – remembers the greatest things about them, right? I mean, you, 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 there has to be growth somewhere, right? And my, my sophomore season was growth for me. Every situation that year I had learned from, every, uh, you know, I had a couple of injuries that year as well. And so the ability to learn from some of the mistakes I made, you know, the development in my game, the maturity, having one more year with guys that uh, I was able to help build a culture around, you know, we, we were just able to make things click. And I think that was what was so special about the whole thing is, is when you just got one more year, all that stuff that you went through struggling is stuff that I learned from. Zach, what are the Jets getting as a leader, as a player, and as a man? Yeah, someone that's going to give everything they have. You know, I think that's the that's the bottom line. Is is from day one. You know, I know you got to work as hard as you can. You got to think you're working harder than everybody else to get to this point. And so the Jets are going to get a guy that. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in bringing the guys around you together, having a strong connection with them. So that's a leader I'm going to be. I'm going to be, you know, the man that's, that they, they can look up to. They can call for any advice, any help that they ever need. And then, you know, as a player, I'm going to make sure I'm in the facility every single day, giving it everything I have because I want to, you know, do whatever I can to make sure that this, that this team is, is on the right track and we're getting all the right things done. Zach, um, you mentioned on giving everything you have from coaches and players. It seemed like one thing you like love to do is dive into the film. Um, what made you such a film junkie? Yeah, I think it's just that passion and love from the game. You know, ever since I was a young kid, 
you know, I've just, I've always loved the thrill of the sport, you know, ever, everything that goes on between it, you know, and you hit that deep touchdown pass when you make someone miss, you know, even sometimes when you get laid out, you know, sometimes the, the game just brings so much thrill and excitement and you get those butterflies. And I think that's, what's so special. And so, you know, in those kind of moments, I just want to always make sure I'm prepared. So I got, I got someone to film because I just love that. There always is something new to learn every single day that I watch film, there's something new to learn. And so I'm just soaking it up and I'm, I'm having a blast. What would you like Jets fans to know about you, not only as a player, but a person? Yeah, I'm a big family guy. You know, I, I would rather, you know, sit at home with my parents, a couple of my close friends, my girlfriend and, and, uh, you know, hang out, go out and get a nice dinner, you know, whatever it is, you know, I, I really, you know, am a football junkie 24 seven. And I hope they know I'm going to give everything I have to make sure that we do this thing the right way. Zach, you're going to a team that's been searching for a franchise quarterback. We heard since the days of Joe Namath for decades. Um, Do you feel any pressure? How will you go about being that guy? And why are you that guy that's up for the challenge? Yeah, not at all. And, you know, I got confidence in myself, of course, but I got confidence in, in the ownership and all the way down through these new coaches and, and, and the players, you know, I think these, I think, you know, I've heard from multiple sources, how talented this team is, you know, but maybe the pieces just didn't align, you know, so I'm so excited to get in there and then, and then just try and figure out what we can do to make it better. You know, I know this, this is a team game, you know, you can go from a, a losing season one year to a winning season the next, you know, you can flip it, flip it real quick. So I'm excited to, to get in there and just, and help make this thing, He'll make this thing work. We'll take a couple more for Zach. Zach, there was a report. There, Zach, there was a report that you had contacted um, some former Jets quarterbacks, Mark Sanchez, Chad Pennington, Josh McCown. Is that right? And what kind of advice did those guys give you? Yeah, I talked to a couple of them. I actually haven't called uh, Chad yet. You know, I need to, but. Uh, you know, McCown gave me some of the best advice. You know, he was just talking about how amazing of a situation this is, you know, how he came from a small, small town in, in uh, Texas, I believe. And, and that, you know, he never wanted to go to the big city, you know, and he got there to New York and he loved it. And he said he loved living in Jersey and he loved the culture and he loved that, you know, the atmosphere and, and culture Joe, Joe Douglas was bringing in and some of the hires that he made. And he just felt like that team was right there on the rise. And so I thought that was so cool uh, to hear that from him. You know, it gives you confidence and being able to go in there. And uh, it made it made it very comforting to know that, you know, what I'm going into a great a great situation. Zach, you talked about wanting to grow and kind of learn. What do you think you need to learn and grow and improve on to, to be effective at the next level? And no doubt, you know, what's so hard is is when you dominate as well as we did at BYU, you know, not just myself, the team, when, when you win as many games as we did, it's really hard to pinpoint, you know, one thing of improvement. You know, I honestly think I can get better in every single aspect. I think I can, you know, I can get better in the pocket with pocket movements, the ability to throw, you know, from a phone booth, uh, small tight spaces, you know, accuracy can always get better. Uh, and then decision-making. So, you know, along with this process of getting to the NFL, it comes a, a, a new learning curve. You know, you're going to learn about different defenses and, and you you're going to have pro bowlers lined up across from you and you're going to have to, you know, try and study the ins and outs of those guys and what make them special. And then you got to be able to react and, and make plays off of it. If you could speak to the 17 year old, oh, just say, if you could speak to the 17 year old version of yourself about this moment and everything in between, what would you say? I'll say just keep pushing, you know, adversity, uh, you got all the highs and lows. And uh, I would say just keep pushing because eventually the cream rises to the top. And, and if, if you're doing all the right things, saying all the right things and giving it everything you have, you know, eventually it's going to work out for you. There is Zach Wilson. When we come back, Joe Ingles. Stay with us. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right, time now for the Joe Ingles Show. We had him on right at the end of the show yesterday. Uh, and you'll hear he's a little gassed. And clearly that's what happens when you got to play in Sacramento and then go to the airport and do the late night flight to Phoenix and you get to bed late and then you wake up to do radio. So, hey, that's what happens. Uh, but we're, we're glad it came on. It was good to talk to him. There's a lot to go over with him. Um, but he's clearly a little gassed. And uh, I think it's a good thing. We had him on right at the end of the show yesterday. He came on like 930, went to like 950 right at the end of the show. I think it's a good thing that they uh, were not going back to back and that's why you see those bad games on the second night of the back to the back. As you listen to this, imagine what it'd been like if everyone felt like him and they had to play a game. But they got a day to get their feet under them. I'm not completely ruling out their chances of beating Phoenix. I think they got a shot. If they they've been defending well for a half dozen games now, if they shoot the three well, I think they got a shot. Uh, anyway, here's PK and I with Joe Ingles, the Joe Ingles Show. There might be a couple last night references, but you get the point. Joe's in Phoenix now for this one. Here's Joe with PK and I. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK brought to you by Cypress Credit Union for a limited time only. Get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey. When you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joe, I'm curious, how many jerseys did you sign for this promotion? I do not do anything. Everything is um, no, no, no jerseys. It's all me. Well, you're on the road again. This is a week, basically a week road trip here before you get back yeah. home. At this point in the season, how much is it a mental drudgery to find your way to get through it? Uh, you played so many games, so many trips, and all that stuff, and you still got ten games to go. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It's a little bit of that. Um, obviously, I think, I mean, every team at this point is, um, no, I, I would be surprised if any player was playing at 100%. Everyone's a, a bit fatigued or a little bit beat up injury-wise or, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, it's just obviously, I think for us, and I've said it a few times, and probably really boring but just about keep getting better and better and being better the next game and if, if we're not then we, we're trying to figure it out what, what we did or what we need to do to be better the next game um, so obviously we had a couple of losses in there and um, 
go and kind of look at it and figure it out and go back out and then have another crack. It's, 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 uh, it's just the way it is. So, um, yeah, you just got to be locked in as best you can. Um, like I said, it's kind of our last big trip. I think we got one more trip of one game and one of two, and that's all we've got uh, kind of over the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, he's figuring it out, still trying to get better and, and obviously um, get ready for the playoffs. Tell me about that pregame speech you must have given last night. Guys, I know these last two games have, have been hard, but I'm on the radio with DJ and PK tomorrow. Let's, let's go shoot 58% <laughs> from three. Let's score 154 points. Let's set a club record. Let's turn this mood around and fire it up for the radio show. Am I right? Um, yeah, it was, it was very close to that. Coach mm-hmm. brought it up again. Coach knew um, what was going on, so... Um, a lot of credit to him for for getting the guys ready for the the win for the radio show. Um, but no, it was. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you ever can say we were we were that prepared or, or that ready to to play. I think we um, we knew what we needed to do. We knew. Um, I mean, even going into it, my mindset like we're obviously we're obviously down Mike and, and Donovan and. Um, me figuring out how to how to help and how to not how to help but how to, how to kind of I've played a lot of point guard here not a lot of times with both our point guards out and both all stars out <laughs> um, so it's a little bit different so um, I was kind of going into it just trying to figure out what I could do kind of controlling the, the tempo obviously obviously trying to trying to help us win the game but um, pushing the ball, running the, the, the right plays for the right guys. Um, obviously knowing, um, I feel the, I didn't know at the time, but obviously all our young guys got in, obviously by the end of it, but um, yeah, getting them involved and, and when they're in the game, trying to trying to keep them in the flow with, with what we were doing. So um, yeah, I don't think we anyone would have prepared for, for what we did, but um, no, it was... I think we moved the ball well. Um, I think obviously, the, the package is, was a bit more basic again, uh, which we've talked about before, just to, to, to play and, and be free a little bit. And guys were moving the ball and, and, and shooting shots. And, and obviously, we made shots. I think if I mean if we make, what, two or three maybe only more shots in that second Minnesota game, we probably win as well. So there's a fine line with that. And... Um, we, we shot the ball and, and, and made a lot of them, so it was, a, it was a good night. So I grew up in Phoenix, went to uh, high school and college there and worked there in a while, and both my wife and our families are all down there. So I know that the Suns were the original pro team in that area, and when they win, the town gets way excited, and they're winning now. So that town is way excited. I've talked to my sister. She's a big Suns fan again and all that stuff. So they're going to view it as a big game when you play the Suns. How are you or the Jazz going to view it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same, the same as the last game and the 60-whatever before that. We, we, we're going to continue to keep trying to get better. Um, obviously, we want to win the game. We're, we're not going into the game. To lose, um, I guess, same kind of thing as as the last game we just had. Like it's a it's a little bit of figuring out figuring it out along the way. Um, 
me handling the ball from, from the get-go, obviously not having Mike and Don there to, to, uh, to help me or me help them. Um, but, no, we, we, I mean, it's a, we, we've, we've lost to them. Um, they've got a game plan, um, which they actually have called, I think they coach or someone was saying they call, we're calling out Utah, so it's a kind of a specific game plan for us. And um, so, so we know they'll, they'll be ready and um, we just got to come out, I think exactly with the mindset we did of last game is to, to play play free, to, to move the ball and, and, and shoot the ball. Um, and then I think what we did yesterday on the defensive end, granted we scored whatever we scored, 100 and whatever the franchise record was. Um, we, we, we were also defending and we, we were also not giving up offensive rebounds. They, they, at some point in the game, they they had kind of nothing off offensive rebounds and, and turnovers. So that, that, that was obviously a key of um, for us to get a shot up, make more possessions offensively. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun out there tomorrow. So you played against Chris Paul in, uh, well, obviously in Phoenix this year, Oklahoma City last year, Houston before that, and before that the Clippers. Has he changed at all? Has he is his game changed that much since you were in camp with them? How well did you get to know him then? Um, he's a lot older now, as we <laughs> all are. <laughs> um, no, I think he's. I mean, I think for him, what's made him so good and continues to be good is. Um, everyone knows the leadership and the, the, the communication side of it and all that, but I think he just keeps finding more and more ways to to, to be effective, to, to keep helping his teams. Um, he obviously, and I don't even really know, but I'm assuming he's 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 not this exactly the same guy. I don't think he'd be feeling as as healthy and good as he did seven years ago out there. Um, but I know he. I know he spends a lot of time on his on his body and preparation and and diet and all that. To to I mean, what is he like? Late thirties. Um, to to still be playing at a still be playing in the NBA at that point is impressive. But to to also be playing at the the level that he has the last couple of years, especially a little bit last year with that OKC team, what he did, and then he's he, he's. I mean, he's almost pretty much done the same thing here. Um, Helps when you've got Devin Booker, you've got Aiden, you get a Jay Crowder, uh, all those guys. So um, yeah, they're a good team. They've obviously built something. Um, I think yesterday, the day before, whenever they clinched the playoff, it was the first time in ten years. So they, they've obviously been building something, and they've they've done a good job so far. And, and he's obviously um, a, a massive piece of that. From game to game, how much, uh, as far as confidence goes with shooting, is it fickle? Well, I mean, it, like, it kind of just is what it is. Like, you go into a game and you've done everything you can, obviously, prior to, to tip off. Um, you've done your routine. You've done whatever, maybe you shot the day before, maybe you didn't, maybe we had a day off or whatever the, the, the schedule was um, and you go in there and I mean, sometimes you shoot, you might shoot 10 of them and they all feel feel like the, the 10 best shots you've shot and they, they rim out or they just roll out and you, you don't make one or maybe you make one or two or whatever um, and there's days that you 
don't even think you're shooting the ball well or you don't, it doesn't feel that good. It doesn't even, it barely hits the net. Um, so it's, uh, you, you just kind of, for me, it's a lot of the time, it's it's what we've talked about, like not taking bad ones because I think the percentages just go way down um, when you, you're taking a shot that's not comfortable or it's not the shot, your shot, quote unquote. Um so yeah, I think it's like you go into it, and it, like I said, like I mean, it's what it is. Like if you you get good looks, obviously we it's not like I'm gonna miss a couple and start shooting with my right hand to try that. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that you can do that way. But it's it's about finding space, knowing the game plan, knowing when you can shoot. I, I think that was kind of a a little bit of a lead into like that Minnesota game. Like we, we shot 60 something threes and, and I think a lot of them were, were really good shots. Like I don't think many of them at all were, were bad shots. I shot 13 and I don't, I don't know if I've ever shot 13 before, but I was thinking about it after and I was like, maybe I took some bad ones. I was like, there might've been like one or two that I wouldn't like normally always take, but I also didn't feel like they were like horrible. So it's like, um, but they they won't go in. If I make six of them that day, we maybe we win by ten. Like it's yeah. a it's a fine line. So it's just about uh, I think you do all that preparation, you do the, the stuff to get ready for a game, and then when you get out there, you you, you shoot the ball with confidence, whether you are five for five or over for five. Um, well, I mean, we've all seen it a million times where you don't make a shot all game, and then you make a big one at the end, or, or vice versa. You can make a bunch at the start and. and kind of cool off so um, yes um, the, the beauty of, of playing the sport we play 13 is your season high for three pointers Joe you have let it rip many games but not like that I, I, <laughs> I want to double back to something you said earlier in the interview about uh, figuring out how to play when both guys are gone because you've played when either Donovan's been out or Mike's been out yeah. but now they're they're both out and I'm curious how different that is because it just seemed to me that you well you'd be running pick and rolls with Rudy and with Derek whoever's in the game and you'd be looking for your three and so I, I guess I figured how often you're doing it would probably you'd probably run more pick and rolls and run the offense more but I thought you'd run it the same way how would it be different um, I mean it's I don't know how often I'm sure a few times but I don't know how often I've I've started a point guard and played it for obviously last night was a little different because I only played it probably less than we anticipated or, or thought maybe going in like never think you're going to win by 50 so um, yeah I mean it's just I think it's hard to explain I think it's just it's just different I'm I'm usually like kind of that secondary ball hander even if I'm out there with Mike or, or whatever obviously Mike's a point guard Donovan's a point guard and if I get a rebound or they've taken off then obviously I can bring it and, and then obviously there's stretches where I, I play kind of the backup minutes um, as a point guard Um and I think, I mean, especially this year, there's always been one of them there. But when I have done it this year at the times that I have, I know what I'm running. I know what it's for. I know that all the team knows. It's usually that group of, like, Mike and I, one of us is in there, or depending on injuries, um, sometimes both of us, sometimes one of us. But a lot of stuff for, for JC, a lot of pick and rolls for, for Mike and I or whoever's in. Um, 
So it's just a bit more of the, the kind of controlling the, the game a little bit, starting, um, I mean, for a second, second possession, whatever, like Mo Highcliffe picked me up full court. Like that's not, you don't get that when you're playing against the, the kind of the second unit. It, it, it'll be like that tomorrow, that Javon Carter and those guys um, are going to pick up full court regardless. So it's, it, it's just different. It's not, it's not massive. Um, I'm not saying like I was uncomfortable because it's I'm the primary kind of ball handler or, or whatever. Um, but it is it's just different. A lot more um, thinking. Uh, there was a couple of possessions where we we as good as 150 odd points. Look, there was a couple of possessions where I even got. Like I kind of had like a brain freeze bringing the ball up of like what to what to run real quick because I was trying to who haven't I who haven't I ran a play for like has JC had a shot has I, have I got boy on my maybe it's George's turn maybe I got to get Rudy involved like wh- whoever was out there um, and there was a couple in a row where I literally had like this brain freeze and we had te- we ran terrible offense and we we didn't get good shots and I think coach called a timeout and I was like that was on me like I just literally had. A kind of blurred moment of of what to run. So it's just things like that that usually I can throw the ball to Michael Donovan. They'll they'll figure it out, and um, maybe it will be a play for me. So um, yeah, it's just it's a little bit different. Um, but I think after last night, um, obviously going a bit more prepared, knowing kind of exactly what to run at all times, and, and then the the back end kind of boring part for a lot of people but it's also me trying to help Trent when Trent's in there as well um, just keeping him confident and knowing what to run and, and pushing the ball and, and stuff like that so um, yeah it's uh, it's a little bit different but it's all uh, it's all good Which is the team prioritizing the number one seed? Um, and we want to keep winning if that continues and, and we end up in number one seed then great um, we haven't sat around a bonfire and sing Kumbaya and talked about it and um, all stuff like that. I mean, we're not allowed to with COVID anyway, so that defeats that purpose. But um, yeah, I think we, we we haven't sat around and talked to. Obviously, we, we want to finish as high as we can, which is obviously where we are at the moment. Um but like I've said before, it's it's about us playing better and better and better. And by the playoffs, we, we want to be playing the best basketball we can for, for going into that kind of portion of the season. So, um, yeah, it'd be ideally it'll be it'd be nice. But um, we also can't control what, what other teams do and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Let the Jazz fans uh, get angry over my answer there, but. Yeah, uh, <laughs> same thing. Kind of, is, it is what it is, right? Like, what? Yeah. Teams are going to rest. Teams are going to. I don't know what we're going to do. I'm not saying we're going to do that or not. I, I don't get to go into those meetings. Um, but we, we obviously, like I said, want to be playing. We want to be fresh. We want to be healthy. Um, obviously, even Mike's situation right now, like he, we got some. Obviously, he's a little beat up and and waiting for for Don's ankle and stuff like that so um, uh, I think health is is priority number one there's no point limping into a playoff series down a couple guys that you've you've played for all year um, so yeah we'll uh, we'll let those guys the, the medical people will handle 
kind of that side of, of that and whoever's out there to play available we'll do our best to, to keep winning well we really got to go I want to get to the bottom of the whole George Niang saying he doesn't want to trash talk with you because you're too good and, and you might hurt him and he might be scarred was that who was, said that George George in a pregame feature last night it was with him and him and uh, and him and Matt. And he said, "Who's the bigger trash talk?" He just raised his hand. He said, "You're the one guy he doesn't want to get into it with, though. You could crush He's him." He's an idiot. Him. <laughs> he doesn't shut up. He sits next to me on the plane too, and he, I'm telling you, he does not shut up. Yeah, but we heard that was a great feature. You even tweeted it out. That was a great feature about you guys riding together on the plane and all the family videos and all that. Chris Camerati wrote it for the Athletic. It was awesome. You it was gave, a hell of an article too. Yeah, you gave it the seal Thank of approval. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. No, he's a he's a good dude. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, George is an idiot. I ain't even gonna <laughs> say about him. But our Q and A will be a great thing in the auction that was on there yesterday. So someone someone bid a lot of money for for the kids. Someone bid a lot of money for the kids. All right, we got to run, Joe. Good luck in the games. We Appreciate will talk to you again next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There is Joe Ingles. When we come back, what is trending? Baseball, football, basketball, draft games, playoff races, all of it coming up. Stay with us.